Open your Bibles to the book of Job, Job chapter 1. I'm beginning a two-part series here on suffering. I believe many of us, and deep in our hearts, we ask the question, God, why did you allow this to happen? God, why am I going through this? Lord, I have been faithful to you for so many years, and now I'm experiencing this. I want us to be able to look at the Scriptures and be able to tell how do I stay faithful? How do I remain steadfast? Which is a biblical term. Despite so many things around me falling apart, changing, just it's a corruption surrounds me from all sides. So I believe we're going to Find the answers we want in the book of Job. If you have your Bibles, turn to Job chapter 1. We're going to be looking at two different scriptures tonight. So every time you come to church, every time you worship online, every time you get serious about studying God's Word, you need to open up your Bibles. and You need to turn to Job 1, chapter 1, verses 1 through 22, which is the entire chapter. So let's read it here. But actually, first, before we read it, I want to talk about this map. I have a map up here. For those that are actually watching the video, you're able to see this instead of just the audio. Because Job talks about he's from the land of ooze. And you think, well, I've never seen that in a map. You turn back in your Bibles and there's not a map of ooze. But here's where ooze is. This would be in southern, uh, over here in southern Jordan. This whole region down here. I believe that's today, like Saudi Arabia. It's just a, a vast, wide-open region uh, that a man named Job, God raised up, blessed, and he lost it all. But Job remained faithful. So this is a message about faithfulness despite being just the worst things happening in our life. Total suffering and setbacks that occurred. Job 1.1 there was a man in the country of Uz named Job. He was a man of complete integrity who feared God and turned away from evil. He had seven sons and three daughters. His estate included 7,000 sheep and goats, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very large number of servants. Job was the greatest man among all the peoples of the East. God blessed this man. He had it all. His sons used to take turns having banquets at their homes. They would send an invitation to their three sisters to eat and drink with them. Whenever a round of banqueting was over, Job would send for his children and purify them rising early in the morning to offer burnt offerings for all of them. For Job thought, perhaps my children have sinned, having cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular practice. Job realized, if my children go out and party and have these banquets, perhaps they have sinned against the Lord. So I'm going to atone, make an offering do something for their, on their sins. And basically, he is a godly father. The reason why this is in Scripture is we're seeing how 
a shepherding father is even trying to receive forgiveness so that nothing would happen bad to his family. Even if his son or daughter had sinned, he's asking the Lord, says, Lord, you forgive us. Lord, I give you my family. Lord, I surrender all to you, including my children. That is what Job is doing. A picture of a very holy, godly man. And it says he did this regularly. He prayed for his children. Now, here we go. One day, the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. Those are angels. And Satan also came with them. So this is now in heaven. So the angels would go and present themselves. It's like they're reporting to duty. Now remember, who is Satan? Satan is a fallen angel. Satan basically just slipped in with the other angels. And he's appearing before God. The Lord asked Satan. He addresses the evil one. Where have you come from? Like, what are you up to? Why are you here? You have rebelled against me. What's somewhat frightening about this is we see the devil is able to go into the presence of God and present himself before the Lord. And the devil said, From roaming through the earth, Satan answered him, and walking around on it. The Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? No one else on earth is like him, a man of perfect integrity, who fears God and turns away from evil. God recognized and saw Job's faithfulness. Does the Lord know about your integrity? Does the Lord know that you fear Him and you turn away from evil? Remember, what is evil? Evil is sin. Evil comes from the devil. The devil points people and tries to get people to sin. And Job was the man described as perfect integrity. Meaning, anywhere you looked, any rock you uncovered in his life, you weren't going to find any dirt. It's a man that had clean hands and a clean heart. I've heard Johnny Hunt describe his life. He wants to go through life with clean hands. Meaning, Lord, I don't do anything wicked with my hands. I'm not going to go around doing dishonest and sinful things with these hands. God, I give you my hands. And he says, not only do I want clean hands, Lord, I want a clean heart. Meaning my heart doesn't need to be going after other women and other desires and other things. Purify my heart, Lord, and make it for you. David cried out, says, God, purify me with hyssop. Cleanse my heart. I don't want a wicked heart. I don't want to be led astray. Ask God not to lead your heart astray. Ask God to clean your hands so you can go. And when you lay with rest and you're buried in that cemetery and I'm officiating your funeral, I can genuinely say this is a man, that's a woman who had a perfect integrity. You won't find anything wrong with them. How sad is it when after some folks have passed away, later on it's discovered about the dirt on their life. The dishonesty, the deceit. 
God is looking for men and women who are like Job. Clean hands, pure heart. God recognized that with him. Does God know that with you? Satan answered the Lord. Does Job fear God for nothing? Haven't you placed a hedge around him, his household, and everything he owns? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. But stretch out your hand and strike everything he owns, and he will surely curse you to your face. That question the devil asks, he asks us today, does God, or does Job, fear God for nothing? Satan said, yeah, yeah, he serves you. Because look what you've given him. The man's the most blessed man on earth. Of course he fears you. You've given him a huge family. You've given him all the, these things. You've given him all this wealth. Why would he not fear you, devil or God? That's what the devil's saying. And he says, you take away these things, this hedge around him, and all of a sudden, he will break the third commandment. He will begin to curse you. He will use the Lord's name in vain. Every time we curse God, we're breaking the third commandment. We're using the Lord's name in vain. And that's what the Bible tells us. We are not to do. That's how, that's why it's so dangerous for us as believers. Could you imagine going to the movie theater or turning on your TV and listening to a broadcast, listening to something come in your ears using the Lord's name in vain? The casual, sinful use of God, of Jesus. That's how the devil was trying to get Job to sin. And he's doing the same to us. And we have to make sure we have clean hands and a pure heart with perfect integrity. Look what else he says here in verse 12. Look, what God, look how God responds. Job is the object of a challenge from the devil. And God took him up on the offer. That's how confident he was. Very well then, the Lord told Satan, everything he owns is yours or is in your power. However, do not lay a hand on Job himself. So Satan left the Lord's presence. One day, when Job's sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, a messenger came to Job and reported, while the oxen were plowing and the donkeys grazing nearby, just reminding Job of his wealth. The Sabines swooped down and took them away. They struck down the servants with the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. He was still speaking when another messenger came and reported, God's fire fell from heaven. It burned the sheep and the servants and devoured them, and I alone have escaped to tell you. I mean, here we come to tragedy, one after another. So right here, we just lost the animals. Fire from heaven burns up the sheep, the donkeys, the Sabines attacked. I mean, we're losing our possessions. That messenger was still speaking, and now another one comes. When yet another came and reported, 
The Chaldeans formed three bands, made a raid on the camels, and took them away. They struck down the servants with the sword. And I alone have escaped to test you, to tell you. He was still speaking. Now, this is a third time, fourth time. Another messenger came and reported. So now we've lost everything. All the livestock are gone. Your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. Suddenly a powerful wind swept in from the desert and struck the four corners of the house. It collapsed on the young people so that they died, and I alone have escaped to tell you. Then Job stood up. He tore his robe. He shaved his head. He fell to the ground and worshipped, saying, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will leave this life, meaning I will return. That's a, that's a quote out of Psalm 139, 13 and 15. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Throughout all of this, Job did not sin or blame God for anything. Job lost everything he owned in one swoop. Literally, the messengers were still speaking one after another. Bad thing after bad thing after bad thing. And then finally, all his children died. Just like that. And that one messenger escaped to tell. And all Job could do is it says in verse 20, he tears his robe, he falls to the ground, when he received bad news, what did Job do? Job didn't call the attorney. He fell to his knees. And he literally said, Lord, naked I came from the womb, and naked I will return. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And God is telling us, despite setbacks that we have, we need to learn, just like Job, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away every and anything you have, including your life, your possessions, your family, your health, what you value the most. Who owns it? God. And I think the biblical principle for us regarding suffering, as we go through a season of suffering, as we go through a season of setbacks, we need to be reminded that it is the Lord that carries us through. It is the Lord that strengthens us. It is the Lord who says, you came from me. I started your life and I will end your life. Job is an example of total faithfulness. And one of the interesting things about Job, Job actually could have lived during the period of Abraham. He could, this could have been one of the oldest, likely is one of the oldest books of the Bible. Right there with Genesis. And he is right there faithfully serving and obeying God. And I think the message for us, are we going to be like Job? God, you give and you take away. 
I have more scripture I want to read. Because this begs the question, where does this evil come from? Why did God allow Satan to do this? Turn in your Bibles to the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3, verse 14. I believe this is something for us that we need to be aware of. We need to be knowledgeable of the curse that we are under. Now, humanity isn't cursed, but everything else is. We are actually created in God's image. After the fall, God started a questioning process with Adam. Adam blames Eve. Eve blames the serpent, the snake. The same snake that was there with Job. The same tempter. And look what it says here. So the Lord said to the serpent, because you've done this, you are cursed more than any other livestock and more than any other wild animal. You will move on your belly and eat dust all the days of your life. I will put hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. That's the first messianic promise. That's a message about Jesus. When it says there, he will strike your head, that's not literally Adam or Eve, or, you know, their son, Cain and Abel, they're talking about strike your head. When Jesus died on the cross, he's killing the work of the devil. He will end what you're doing, devil. He will defeat evil. And you will strike his heel, meaning you'll kill my son. Sin, he will experience. Remember, where did death come from? Death came from sin. Jesus was not scheduled to experience death. But because of what happened in the Garden of Eden, he went through death. Because we go through death, he identifies with us. Jesus died so we can live. Genesis 3.15, first messianic promise. He said to the woman, I will intensify your labor pains. You will bear, bear children with painful effort. Your desire will be for your husband. Yet he will rule over you. And he said to the man, Because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, do not eat from it. The ground is cursed because of you. You will eat from it by means of painful labor all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. You will eat bread by the sweat of your brow until you return to the ground, since you were taken from it. Look at that. God told Adam, Adam, you are going back to where you came from. I took you and made you from dirt and dust. And you will die and you will go back to that. For you are dust and you will return to dust. Isn't that a hopeful Bible verse there? God just told us all, just FYI, I took you from the ground. I made you, and I will send you back to the ground. Our life is one. The Lord giveth, and the Lord 
taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That is why we say that. And I think what we're reminded in this scripture passage. God did this to Job. Because he saw his heart. He was a man of integrity. Integrity. Here's the main takeaway tonight. Integrity is not based on circumstances or events or suffering. Our integrity is based on the right view and the right relationship with the Lord. When you see God as your creator, your sustainer, your savior, then and only then is he able to continue carrying you through. So I think about tonight for us. Job reminds us that everything comes from God. Do you know that? Including suffering. Suffering is never God's plan from the beginning in Garden of Eden. It's a result of the fall. But because of sin, you and I will suffer. We will experience pain. We will experience tears. There will be hurt. People will let us down. God is watching how you and I respond to suffering. He wanted to see, what will Job do? And the key verse, when Job made that statement, blessed be the name of the Lord. In after losing everything, four messengers just came and told him, loss, 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 loss. And he praised God, he worshipped the Lord, it said. And it says throughout all of this, verse 22, Job did not sin or blame God. Are you blaming God tonight? Quit blaming God for your problems. God is allowing you to go through problems so you worship Him. God is allowing you pain and suffering so you cry out to Him and say, The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Listen, guys, anyway, you and I, we are returning to dust. This is where we're going. And we need to be reminded tonight, God is strengthening our church, the, the church of Jesus Christ throughout the United States, and not only that, the worldwide church, through this coronavirus, through disease, through... Um, just unsettledness throughout, through race relations, all these different issues. He's drawing the church to himself and saying, are you going to be dependent upon me? I'm inviting you to worship the Lord. I'm inviting you to respond like Job did. Adam and Eve blamed each other. And then they blamed the serpent. And God had a rebuke for each of them. The serpent is going to die. The woman is under her husband's authority and has labor pains. And what, when I say the serpent is going to die, meaning Jesus is going to kill the serpent, Satan on the cross, defeat evil. And the woman has a desire for her husband and labor pains. And Adam's going to work hard with his hands and sweat of his brow. And he's going to return to dust. That was the result of the fall. Job understood this. No matter what happened to Job, he had a perspective. 
He had a worldview, which is how you view the world, that God owns and controls everything. He's looking for how we respond. Do you want to respond to Jesus? I'm going to say a prayer, and I want you to respond like Job did. Bow your head and close your eyes. God, I pray that you remind me that you giveth and you taketh away. Lord, I give you my soul. I give you my life. Lord, save me. Jesus, I'm yours. I pray that the suffering and the setbacks I'm dealing with and the disappointments, it won't hinder my relationship with you. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want you to look up. You said that prayer. I want to hear from you. Let's fill out our connection card. Send me a message. Send me an email. You want to take your first steps to following Christ. You're going through suffering. I want to pray for you. You let me know how I can do that. Our church can be praying for you. Other Christians throughout America could be praying for you. Ask other believers to cry and call out to God who can lift up any request. Just as the angels freely went into the presence of God. The Bible says when we pray, it's like a pleasing aroma of incense that goes into the presence of God. When you fail to pray, you're failing to ask God for help. And God, we need your help. Thank you for joining us next Sunday night. We will be in Job chapter 2 with our suffering part 2 section. God bless you. I'll see you in a week.